Super Talk Mississippi media production. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Um, I'm so privileged and honored to have my son, Justin Matthews, with me today. He works for PricewaterhouseCoopers. He uh, is a graduate from Auburn, and we're just talking about the conversations, the deep, personal, and important conversations that we've been having between the two of us. And one day we just said, you know, why don't we share that with with people? And that's why we're here. So, um, you know, this is all from the heart. But before we left, you were talking about having conversations with your friends, and you were starting to mention about Kaepernick kneeling. And why don't you continue from there? Yeah, you know, really, it, it, it can be summed up this way. I mean, when we saw Cap Nealon a couple years ago, I think a lot of us, especially us from the South and, you know, people who are super patriotic, were like, how could you disrespect the national anthem or the flag? And then I remember seeing days after George Floyd's death, the side by side of Kaepernick kneeling and George Floyd kneeling. I mean, sorry, and Derek Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd. And then it hit me that in a lot of ways, we really missed the boat and that instead of addressing the, the issue and the elephant in the room of police brutality and systematic racism and, and true racial inequality, we changed the conversation. And in doing that, we didn't lead the change. And now George Floyd died because of it, not to mention the countless others who weren't called on film. Yeah. Um, so it, that's the kind of conversations we're having of like, okay, this time there is no more missing the boat. This time it's got to change. And that starts by doing exactly what we're doing, just talking about it. So you're, but you're, you know, what you said that your your conversations with your friends from the north are surprisingly the same as the friends from your friends from the south, because that, are they all sort of having yeah, that same kind of, of way? Day, yeah. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is not like this is not a political issue. This is not a northern or southern issue. At the end of the day, this is, I think, one of the most human and American issues there are and there is right now in the world, and that. We don't, there's still places in this country and spread in this country don't see people as people. And people um, judge people by the color of the skin and what they look like. And that leads to a lot of different implications, but one of them being black men, black people dying at the hands of, of police officers. Yeah. Um, so th- it's great because I don't, it is, the conversation is getting politicized in certain environments and by certain people. But at the end of the day, the base problem that we need to fix. I think people are addressing it no matter what background you come from or what political party you associate yourself with. So you've developed uh, four or five items that can help that, this, that, you know, that are commitments that you make that I think would be good to share with the audience. What, what, why don't you go through your list? Yeah, you know, I think, um, I mean, just conversations that I've had with my friends, both black and white and, and other people around the country, I, I think there's a couple things we can do to really address the issue with our, within ourselves um, first and foremost, and then kind of look outside. So I think number one is we've got to address our own bias, the biases that we have consciously and the biases that we have maybe unconsciously. You know, what are the things that we're doing that are considered, you know, microaggressions where, you know, maybe we maybe we grip our bag a little closer if we walk by, you know, a black person. Or maybe we cross, cross the street or, or maybe we get out of the elevator. These little things that maybe we're even subconsciously doing that are really hurtful um, to people who don't look like us. So I think that's number one is like, let's address ourselves and make sure that we're in a place where we don't have um, any prejudice in in our hearts. Um, Then I think from there, 
we need to seek to learn and to understand the issue. Because um, at the end of the day, this isn't a one police officer thing. This isn't a police force thing. This is a America thing. Um, and I think the two best ways to do that, to like really learn and understand, um, I think one is taking a macro look and looking at the history of our country. I mean, you think about like, just to throw some dates out there, 1607, first colonies formed, 1619, first slaves reached America. It's literally 12 years before the first slaves came here. And then in 1776, we became a country and in there, we promised that every man is created equal, certain inalienable rights. And the irony is at that point, there was slavery widespread in the colonies. And it wasn't until 1865 that slavery was abolished. So literally for 246 years, black people weren't looked as, as citizens, they were looked as property. And then for 99 years after that, you had Jim Crow and legal segregation and disenfranchisement and all these laws in place that were literally making black people second-class citizens. Um, and it wasn't until 1964, think about that, Dad, 1964, 56 yeah. years ago, that legally black people were the same, not to mention the cultural things that were in effect, the longstanding systems that were in effect. So for 84% of America's history, 84% black people have been either enslaved or ostracized. So we've got to address that. We've got to understand that if we contextualize the moment that we're in today and the history of the whole U.S., that you start to understand why there's so much pain and sorrow and anger um, within certain communities in our country. Um, so I think that's step one. And then step two is hearing the stories like David Francis' story. And there's so many yeah. videos out there of, of parents telling their kids how to approach the conversation with police officers because they're afraid that they're going to be seen as dangerous. Um, so I think learning and understanding the issue is, is the second thing. we got to first address our own things and then look outside and start learning about really what the issue is. Um, and then next, we got to stand up and we got to say, Look, to my black brothers and sisters, I'm sorry. I did not understand this issue. And quite frankly, I had the privilege of not having to understand the issue because this issue didn't affect me. I wasn't looked at differently because of my skin color. And, you know, and then say, but now I get it. Now I finally understand and I'm here to learn. I don't fully understand. I don't fully get it. But I'm open to learning and to understanding what your experience is and how I can play a part in that. So just saying I'm with you and showing solidarity with our black brothers and sisters in this country. And then, you know, I think from there, you just have to have the conversations, like have the tough conversations white with your white friends, with your black friends. There's a great web series going around right now with Emmanuel Ocho, the, the, um, Ocho, the legendary football player for Texas. He's a sports commentator now. Um, and he's having these conversations called um, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. And he's just, talking about the black experience. And this morning he released a new videos with him and Matthew McConaughey having a conversation about what it's like to be black in America. And it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think it's good to be uncomfortable in this situation. We need to be uncomfortable. We need to force ourselves out of our comfort zone and understand this issue if we really want to see change. Um, and then of course, you know, publicly and privately have these conversations like you and I multiple mornings over the past two weeks over our cup of coffee in the living room have been talking about this stuff. So like obviously now this is a little bit more of a public way of doing things, um, but it, even privately, call your friends up, talk to them about what's going on, talk to your family about it over the dinner table, uh, post on social media about it. I posted a random article that I, I saw about microaggressions and just educating people on on what it is and, and how to fix it. And one of my buddies um, messaged me. He was like, "Hey man, I'd never heard of this before. This was super helpful, and I didn't even realize I was doing this until now." 
So it's like these small little things, the conversations publicly, privately um, with black and white people and, and, and really just getting uncomfortable and, and saying that's okay to be uncomfortable. Um, and then ultimately, I think we just need to start looking at, at each other with a whole lot more love and empathy. Um, actually, very fittingly, the, the Bible verse of the day today that popped up was um, 1 Peter 4.8. Above all, let your love for one another be intense because love covers a multitude of sins. Um, what a perfect quote for this situation. Obviously, there's a lot of sins in America um, in the history of our country that we're looking to overcome right now. And ultimately, I think the only way we're going to do that is if we lead with love and lead with empathy and try to understand what you know our fellow Americans are going through and then say, you know what, let's get through this together. So, Justin, thank you so much for sharing that with, with me. We're uh, with, with the audience, those conversations that we've been having. And uh, I hope this helped. We're at the end of our time together. But you know, hopefully it resonates with some people. Not everyone's going to agree, but I think it's important to have the conversation. So God bless you. My, I'm very proud of you, son. And if we got, do we have enough time? One more, one little quote. One more quote. Yes. All right. So this is from Langston Hughes, a, a great poem that he wrote. Um, it's called Let America Be America Again. Um, and this little portion really stuck out to me. It said, oh, let America be America again. The land that never has been yet. And yet must be the land where every man is free. Yeah. It's amazing when you look back and, and you see our founders, they had this idea that we hold these truths to be self-evident that every man are created equal. And still today we're fighting these things. Yeah. So it's a message of hope to say, hey, we're working to get there and to really fulfill the potential of this country. But we've got a lot of work to do and that starts within ourselves for sure. Thank you, son. God bless you. Thanks, Dad. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.